1: My hope is that it helps kids be more informed consumers of tech because that's what we all are. You know, we're all consumers of tech. And the more we know about, you know, how tech works and what tech companies are getting out of this, the better we are going to be at, you know, creating habits that actually work right for us and then knowing the darker side of tech. So, yeah, I'm, I'm hoping to create more informed young users of tech so that they can create their own safe and healthy habits.
0: everyone. I'm Bianca Schultz from the Children's Book Review, and this is the Growing Readers Podcast. Today's guest is the author of three must-have nonfiction books for kids and teens, Jessica Spear. She's here today to talk about the phone book, stay safe, be smart, and make the world better with the powerful device in your hand. Her first book, BFF or NRF, Not Really Friends, was a finalist for the 2022 Kids' Choice Book Awards. Blending science, stories, humor, and fun activities, her writing unpacks tricky stuff that surfaces during childhood and adolescence. She has a master's degree in social sciences and a knack for writing about complex topics in ways that connect with kids. Jessica regularly contributes to media outlets on content related to kids, parenting, friendship, and social-emotional learning. Before I share this very insightful conversation, here's the synopsis for The Phone Book. Stay safe, be smart, and make the world better with the powerful device in your hand. So, you got a phone can text your friends, play games, and take cool pictures. You have the whole world in your pocket. Power to be used as a force for good, or, um, not so good. Fraught with cyberbullying, disinformation, fake stuff, tech addiction, and so much more. The digital world can be downright sad, awkward, and nasty. But have no fear, kids. The phone book is here. Packed with research-based explanations, techie tidbits, and real stories from hundreds of teens and preteens, this phone book, The Fun Kind, will be your guide on the path of light, teaching you healthy phone habits and ways to stay safe online. And while you're on your journey, super illustrations, activities, and secret codes will reveal the power of your phone and the superpowers you have to wield it. Go forth, be informed, and slay the dark side of technology.
1: Hi, Jessica. Welcome to the Growing Readers Podcast. Hi, Bianca. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to chat with
0: you. Yeah, well, you're here to talk about your latest book, The Phone Book. Stay safe, be smart, and make the world better with the powerful device in your hand. And since this is actually your third nonfiction book written specifically for the tween and early teens, I want to start by asking you, what drives you
1: to write for this specific crowd? Oh, good question. You know, it's definitely my own curiosities, because I feel like this particular age group, so when we are 8 to 12 years old, you know, life gets a little more complicated. Our relationships get complicated. You know, School gets more complicated. And so there's a lot going on there. Um, So I'd love to dive into some of these complicated topics and figure out ways just to make them more accessible to kids.
0: Well, What were some of the books from your childhood that you
1: feel turned you into a reader? Oh, you know, I loved and still love Judy Bloom. And it's so funny because her, the movie finally released of Are You There? It's Me, Margaret. And I remember devouring that book and thinking, oh, finally, somebody's talking about some of this hard, awkward stuff, you know, that I've been thinking about. And, and you know, oddly enough, you know, many years later, that's what I'm writing about. I'm writing about hard, awkward stuff because, you know, that's super important for us, especially as we are preteens and teens to, you know, to think about and learn how to navigate that. Absolutely. Have you been to see the new movie? Are you there? Got it. to Me, Margaret. Not yet. And here's why. So I'm, I'm. I'm like. I have to reread it first. So so yeah. as soon as I'm done rereading it, I am. I am so going. Have you gone yet? I did. I
0: did. And I'm. I mean, I'm not gonna. You know, spoil anything. But it was so good. I. It was such a refreshing movie to watch. And I watched it with my 11 year old and 17 year old daughters. And we all loved it. And we all loved it for different reasons. But Mm. I think it is, it's what you said. It's like, I think growing up and particularly like for girls and also boys, but life gets a little trickier and harder to handle between friendships and and growing pains. And I just love like Judy Bloom tackles it head on. When you're ready to write a new book and you know you're going to be sitting down staring at a blank page and probably tackling some Pretty big topics for for tweens. What kind of feelings do you have when you're staring at that blank page?
1: <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's it's always it's always terrifying. So I actually don't stare at the blank page. What I do, you know, I've got a background in social sciences. Is I actually get working with kids, because that that gives me the information I need to actually finally get to the blank page. So you know, my first two books grew out of a lot of time or program or conversations with kids. So my first book is called BFF or NRF, not really friends, a girl's guide to happy friendships. And that book grew out of a friendship program I ran for girls. So by the time I'm facing the page, I'm like, Okay, I got this, you know, because I've really kind of worked with kids and heard their stories. And I feel like I'm in a better place. So, so yeah, that I kind of approach it differently. I never start with the, the blank page because I just feel like I'm, I'm not equipped to do that until I really dig deep and, you know, start connecting with kids. And you're also a parent.
0: So, you know, how much of your, when you're writing comes from your work experience versus your being a mom and, and also somebody who also had to grow up at some point, like what is the balance of that that goes into your books?
1: So all three, you know, all three and often it is triggered by, you know, what I'm seeing in my kids, you know, because then that ripples into what they're seeing in their peers. And it often reminds me to what I experienced when I was growing up. So it's all three of those. But I have to say that all three of my books initially started by observing what I have two daughters, what my daughters were going through. Um. So and that, you know, piqued my curiosity and I wanted to dig deeper into that. So, you know, then I cast my net wider and start working working and talking with kids and digging through the research. Um, So yeah, it's kind of, it's kind of a strange process, but it definitely starts at home because that's, you know, where we, where we feel it and we see it the most. Absolutely.
0: Well, I'm not going to lie. One of the reasons I wanted to speak to you today specifically about the phone book is that I have a daughter who will soon be entering middle school, mm. and she desperately wants a cell phone, and, you know, I'm I'm hesitant. I already have one older child with a cell phone, and so I'm not new to it, but I just... You know, I think every child is different and I'm I'm nervous about putting a cell phone into my the next daughter's hand. And so that is really what drew me to wanting to have this conversation. I want to know what made you want
1: to write this specific book. Ooh and I was right there too. So I actually the, the the idea for this book happened in the pandemic when we were all getting sucked into our screens and I could you could see this happening. We all could. We could see that you know younger and younger kids were getting pulled, you know, deeper and deeper into technology. Um so and actually, you know, while we were all binge watching during the pandemic, I watched this documentary called The Social Dilemma, which I highly recommend, and actually highly recommend parents to watch it with their preteens and teens too, because for me, that was so eye-opening. I knew there was a lot I didn't know about tech and how it works, you know, and what's going on behind the curtain. That documentary, showed me so much and made me want to learn a lot more. Um so, so what I feel about you know technology is, you know, it it came upon us so quickly. Like a lot of, you know, innovations in human society. It came on so fast. And we have not yet put the guardrails in place. You know, I, I think we've kind of missed the boat on this generation of kids. Like, this is just, just the train left the station, high speed, and we haven't yet figured out the impact of this, how to keep it safe and healthy for kids. So that piece got me thinking and excited and you know, it's really dove into writing this book. So, yeah, I feel for you that you've got one that, you know, is right here because it's really hard. It, it does change a lot of their life, um, you know, once they get that technology and there's there's positives. So I don't want to sound really negative. There's positives, but there are also a lot of negatives. So it's important for, for kids and families to kind of know what they're getting themselves into.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And we'll touch on this more. But I love that you said that there are positive. And I think this is what the phone book does beautifully is it isn't just a parent with all this doom and gloom about how terrible it is to have a smartphone in your hand. It's just this wonderful balance of knowledge and empowering kids.
1: like I said, you know, the tech train has left the station. It is here. And we are, our has embraced it. And we as parents, you know, kind of have to do that too. So, and kids love it, you know, and, and there are amazing things about technology. So I wanted to explore that the cool awesome side but i also wanted to you know again peek behind the curtain at what's happening at tech companies what's driving tech companies how do algorithms work you know what is persuasive design because i find that when kids really know what's going on they make better choices you know so so what's challenging for parents is we often don't know you know our kids are so much farther along than we are in the tech learning curve that we might not even have the information to have the conversations that we need to have with them So that's what this book does, you know, in hopefully a gentle, informative, non-judgmental ways has a lot of those conversations with kids. And how I write is I like to make it as fun as I can. So and interactive. So I love quizzes. I love weird facts. You know, I love real stories and activities and ways that kids can engage with the book, you know, because let's face it. I am competing with technology and phones as a writer. You know, so so this book better, you know, pull them in and engage them in different ways. Um, so yeah, it's it's just a book about helping kids understand the ins and outs of their phones so that they can develop, you know, safe and, and healthy habits. I'm gonna take a moment to list out
0: the different chapters because I think they also work as an excellent summary. So chapter one is why tech companies want you staring at your screen. Chapter two, your digital footprint, a.k.a. your digital reputation. Chapter three, detecting disinformation, sleuthing truth from lies and fake stuff. Chapter four, social media. Welcome to Disneyland. Chapter five, FOMO. And tell me if I say this right, Jessica. FOJI. Yep. Yep. Okay, good. FOMO, FOJI and text slang galore. Chapter six, Zombieland is tech addiction a thing? Chapter seven, creepy people, stranger danger online. Chapter eight, cyberbullying and digital drama. Ugh. Chapter nine, bonus activities, techie tidbits, weird facts, trivia and definitions revisited. And then the final chapter, chapter 10, you and your phone, a force for good. So I feel like that gives listeners a really solid sense of like, I mean, you cover so much of the important stuff and then the fun stuff. But of all these chapters, which one is your favorite and why?
1: Ooh, you know what, I love chapter one, because again, this is what kind of inspired the book is, you know, a, a peek behind the curtain of tech. And so I think it's super important for kids to know that a lot of games and social media and apps, they're really driven by profit, you know, their goal is to keep us staring at the screen. Because the more we stare at the screen, the more data they can collect on us and the more ad space they can sell. So, you know, they're great at it. You know, it's kind of like us against all these experts who are great at designing technology in ways that keeps us staring. And, you know, we as adults know this too. It's so easy for me to get lost scrolling and scrolling and scrolling. So I I think that's a perfect place to start, to know that, you know, that phones are designed to keep us staring at them, you know, to keep them fun and engaging. And that's exactly what they do. So, so it's kind of like us, we're up against, a pretty strong competitor here as parents, but also as kids. So I want kids to understand that. And so, you know, they they might feel that themselves, that it's really hard. You know, these phones feel really addictive. And kids describe that themselves as their behavior about their phones. You know, once they have them for a long time, they do start to feel a little addicted to their Phones, um, because that's exactly how they're designed. So, so we need to start from there. We need to just know that about these, you know, these amazing pieces of technology, as they are designed to be addictive, and that's why they feel that way.
0: You also mentioned just before about how, you, when you write, and that you are competing with technology that. You like to build in sort of more engaging elements. And there are so many interactive and design elements that make the engagement level of this particular book so appealing. So will you discuss the layout and how these elements engage the intended tweens and teens?
1: Yeah. Oh, and thank you for bringing that up. And I have to give a shout out to my publisher because, you know, when I was working on this book and I had the concept and I wrote a proposal for this and I wrote the first chapter and the first chapter wasn't nearly as interactive as I wanted it to be. So my publisher had purchased the book and but I went back to like, well, can I add even a few more elements? Like how do you feel about secret codes? And how do you feel about some trivia where, you know the answers will have to be kind of upside down on the page? You and all the all these things are really challenging, you know from the publishing perspective, because that means my book is really challenging to design. I mean, there's all there's fun fonts. there's Throughout. There's there's you know cartoons and activities. So they said yes. So I was like, yes. So I just went for it then. I'm like, okay, okay, let's do this. You know, so so each page starts or each chapter starts with kind of a, a real story about, you know, whatever that topic is. You know, real stories that I heard from kids or that I found out through research. There's also a quiz to kind of get our head in the space of whatever that topic might be, whether maybe it's privacy or disinformation, misinformation. So just to help kids see, you know, what they happen to know already about this topic. Then there's a section called reality check. And that is where we kind of peek behind the curtain as to how things you know, actually work um, so they can get some real understanding. Um, there's lots of techie tidbits. There's weird facts, probably another story each chapter ends with some sort of secret code and these were so fun to write so unlocking some sort of code some sort of phone code and then it finishes up with a checklist you know so a handy checklist as to what to think about when you're maybe coming across disinformation or misinformation what to think about when you're maybe experiencing some fomo um so yeah it's it's packed with all sorts of colors and activities and that's intentional you know cuz this is complicated stuff so it has to be fun
0: There are a lot of fun facts scattered throughout. And hopefully I'm going to say this fact correctly. You might have to fact check me, Jessica, but that the um, the Apollo 11 had less technology on it than what our smartphones do now. So they went t- to the moon <laughs> into space with less technology than we carry around in our pockets daily.
1: Yes. And I had to like dig into NASA notes for this. And it's actually So amazing how little, you know, Of today's tech they had you know so the the random access memory was so small that our phones that we have in our pocket have more than they were dealing with to get this rocket ship you know to outer space so so yeah it's it is amazing how powerful these phones are and i i definitely touch on that throughout the book too you know there there's power that can be used as a force for good or we can also do a lot of harm the other part i really loved was
0: the teen quotes so when teens give their input and their advice. And, you know, being the mom of an 11 year old and a 17 year old, my 11 year old loves getting helpful hints from her older sister. And so I felt like that was in the book. How did you source these teen comments? And on a bigger level, what kind of research did you have to do? It sounds like you did quite a bit.
1: Yeah, it was a ton of research for this book. And I started actually gathering comments from social media, I would just post a question. um, And this goes to show how actually easy it is to connect and get feedback from teens online, you know, so, so I had mixed feelings about that, you know, I could actually post uh, an adult stranger, I could post a question and get all sorts of feedback from from teens and tweens, you know, the way that social media is set up right now, If, if, if someone doesn't have a private account, so it's still kind of pulled back. And in my other books, I, they grew out of time spent, and programs with kids. So then I started actually kind of asking direct questions to people that I I have, you know, kids and teens that I've worked with in the past because that to me felt a little better. So I combined both of those. So some of my feedback from teens was, you know, just kind of crowdsourcing um, from the internet. And some was actually, you know, with people that are in my circle of, of kids and teens that I work with.
0: Here's something else I'm curious about. Do you have an opinion
1: on the right age for kids to get a cell phone? Ah, that's such a good question. Okay. Here's my thoughts on that one. It really depends on the family. You know, everyone has different family situations. And and what's also tricky is I found from community to community and from school to school, there's totally different norms. You know, so that's tricky too. So you might be in a community where this is happening a lot earlier than other communities. So parents, this is a tough one for parents. So, so my thoughts are one, it really depends on the family. And two, you can start very small. So if you get to the point where you're like, you know, I, I don't think I can push this off much longer, you You can start with just text, you know, you don't have to open up the whole world. What I do know, and I want to just state this for the record for parents who are listening is, you know, the US Surgeon General just said in recent weeks that he personally believes that 13 is too early, especially for social media. So social media right now, um, legally, kids are supposed to be 13. However, many are on social media early, The what we're finding from from data is, you know, even the Surgeon General of the U.S. believes that 13 is too early. And again, because the safeguards haven't been put in place on these tech companies yet. I'm hoping we get there. Part of my process for researching this book was watching a lot of what's going on in U.S. Congress. They often have these hearings and I have tuned into these hearings to listen to the discussion. And you know, we're getting closer and closer to maybe passing some guidelines and some rules for tech companies but we haven't passed anything yet. <laughs> you know? So I thought we were really close this last time but no, you know, two really good bills didn't make it into the 2023 budget so we're not there yet. So that was a really long answer and I think I avoided your question. So <laughs> <laughs> well,
0: I don't think yeah. you avoided it. I mean there just really isn't a necessarily a right or a wrong answer and it is what you said it's it's different for every family and every community and people have different needs and I I don't think you avoided it. I just I it was it was a hard question that I posed to you because I don't think there is an answer. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, it's not clear, and it depends, of course, on on the 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 kid too. You know, so some for some kids, you know, it's it's less of an impact on their life as for other kids. So so the, yeah, that's a, that's a factor too.
0: Yeah, well, this might be a slightly easier question, but maybe not super easy. Or, What are some ways parents can help their kids form healthy digital habits? And do you have any tips on how parents can best manage devices at home?
1: Oh, yes. And so, and and I know parents probably hear this all the time, but how we, you know, our tech habits really matter. So from the time kids are little, you know, what we're doing on our phones is modeling for them. So, so that's, that's number one. I think it's important for families to come up with some sort of tech agreement that they feel comfortable with. And this is, you know, the house rules, you know, when the phones go away, where they're allowed, where they're not allowed and when, Um, and there's lots of great examples of tech agreements online. So you can come up with one that really feels right for your family. I think regular conversations to help kids understand the dark side of tech, some of the things we've talked about. Kids like to know that stuff. So if there's a a news article or something that comes out, you know, the Facebook Instagram files, those were great times to have conversations with kids about, hey, you know, tech companies sometimes know that these you know their their platform is harmful um so just helping kids understand that so ongoing open conversations about that i think it's always good as a parent to prioritize sleep i know phones sneak their way into bedrooms and you know once once our kids are sleep deprived that sends a whole ripple effect of other factors that go on and then always talking about digital literacy and digital citizenship so helping kids understand what that even means what is digital literacy what is being a good digital citizen and you know these are these are conversations that happen for years and years and so that you know the family starts to all have the same values and same experiences when it comes to to tech so important to, to really do what's right for your family. It's, it's, you know, your child is going to be influenced by what is happening in their peers and their peers' families, but you, you know, you're responsible for the health and safety of your family. So you're in charge and you're right to lead that with a lot of empathy and a lot of compassion and a lot of explanation as to why, you know, why you've chosen this time and how you're going to start. And as I mentioned earlier, starting small is great. You know, starting with just text, something really simple, and then as they grow and as they show their responsibility, you know, getting access to more apps and things like that from there. Here's a question that I like to ask everybody who has written a book.
0: What impact do you hope the phone book has on its readers?
1: Oh... My hope is that it helps kids be more informed consumers of tech because that's what we all are. You know, we're all consumers of tech. And the more we know about, you know, how tech works and, and what, you know, the tech companies are getting out of this, the better we are going to be at, you know, creating habits that actually work right for us and then knowing the darker side of tech. So, yeah, I'm, I'm hoping to create more conform, you know, informed young users of tech so that They can create their own safe and healthy habits. Bravo. Well, you have two other published books that are
0: also perfect for this age group. You mentioned one BFF or NRF, not really friends, A Girl's Guide to Happy Friendships. And then the second book is uh, Middle School. Safety Goggles Advised. And I feel like anybody that is listening to this specific episode, I mean, both these books are, I mean, right in this wheelhouse. So I would love if you could just share briefly about each of these titles, because I just think the people listening to this episode need to know about them too.
1: Oh, thank you. And so yeah, my first book uh, BFF or NRF, Not Really Friends. I guess I love really complicated titles, but I knew that one would connect with my readers. You know, BFF or NRF, Not Really Friends. That book, um, again, I started with seeing how especially girls' friendships got more complicated as they got to the end of middle school or end of elementary and into middle school, which prompted me to wanna do something to help. So I started running a friendship program for that age group and it wasn't exclusively girls, but what I did find is The girls were the ones that that showed up. And I do have in the back of my mind, I want to write this book again for all genders. So that's on my to-do list. But I also wanted to write this book for girls that I was seeing over and over again in my program and their stories. So just like the phone book, this book has quizzes and lots of real stories and information to help girls navigate friendships and learn healthy ways to navigate their friendships, healthy communication skills and healthy relationship skills. Um. So yeah, that came out in 2021. And then once I finished that, I actually, my, my oldest was in middle school, and that opened up a whole new can of worms. Like, oh, wow, middle school, there's a lot to talk about there. So, uh, for that book, I, I kind of weaseled myself into seventh grade classrooms. And because I wanted to get a sense of what it was like to be in middle school today, it's been a long time since I was in middle school. So, I talked to middle schoolers about what are the trickiest things about being in middle school today. You know, through those conversations and some research, I came up with the top. 10 trickiest things about middle school. And so that book basically dissects those top 10 things. In fact, the book used to be called, before it came out, it was Dissecting Middle School. And then um, my publisher thought that apparently dissection is not a thing in a lot of schools anymore so (laughs) so so we changed that name and we came up with middle school safety goggles advised um and again explores the top 10 trickiest things about middle school but also the really cool things about middle school and what i am excited about this book is it has choose your own ending stories which for me when i was you know in these middle grade years i loved choose your own endings and so i took some of the common stories i heard from middle schoolers and put them into some of these choose your own ending stories because one of the things that's so tricky about middle school it's the first time kids are really dealing with a lot of these things so you know a choose your own ending story story about that scenario is a great way to navigate that. You know, for instance, one story I heard over and over again from students I talked to was, you and your friend have a crush on the same person and the dance is coming up. You know, I said, oh, how fun. Let's write a choose your own ending about what you could possibly do in that situation. Um, So yeah, so that book came out in 2022 and I'm super excited. It just actually is a finalist for the Caldera Book Award, which blew me away because I, I write really different books. So I was so honored and excited that this book was named for that award. Congratulations and very well deserved.
0: So oh, well thank done. thank you. Uh-huh. Thank you. Well, I just something uh, that's, you know, in my mind right now is that I just love the way that with all of these books, you know, you said I was in middle school, you know, a while back. So I wanted to know what it was like being today. And the fact that you actually engage with the kids living this experience right now, I just think is what brings the magic to your book. So I love that you do that. And I was chuckling to myself as you said it, because one of the favorite things for my teen to say, to say to me, is like, well, it was a long time since you were at school, mom, and you didn't even go to school here. You went to school in Australia. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so. oh.
0: Yeah, I love that you are uh, tooling yourself with, you know, conversations with the kids living it now. And, and I think they really see that and honor and respect that in the books, which I think is why they've been so popular.
1: Oh, thank you. You know, And I just find kids are filled with so much wisdom. So their quotes are all throughout my books, too, because, you know, they they say the most amazing things. So I love to put their words in my books, too.
0: If listeners were to take away one thing from our chat today,
1: what would you want that to be? <sighs> uh, um, well, I was I was on your website just now and I absolutely love what you are saying that there's, there's, you know, not every kid is going to love every book, but there is a book for every kid. So I'm, I'm repeating what you're saying, but I I love that. And I think for my books, you know, my books tend not to be the books that they might read from cover to cover. It might be the book that they, you know, if they hit a bump in the road, they go and they dig into that specific piece. So I encourage families to think about some just guidebooks that they might have. So when things do get tough, for me, books have, have led me out of some really dark times. So to help our kids know that we can find books that might help us in the exact situation that we're trying to navigate right now. So as caregivers, we can think about, you know, what books do I wanna have just handy and lying around so that when we hit a bump in a road, you know, we can go to that book. Because we all feel like as, as parents that we're
0: supposed to have or caregivers, any caregiver, anybody that's interacting with kids that on the spot we're supposed to know how to handle every situation perfectly. And and we don't. We're humans. We we can't know anything. We know what we know. And I think what you said is exactly right. Having these books handy and the tools ready to fill in the gaps. And so I love that
1: answer. Yeah. And thank you for all the work that you do. Just shining light on books. Cause you know it's it's books are just so valuable. You know, we it's such a safe place for all of us to learn and grow. So I love the work that you're doing. And helping to connect readers with books. So, thank you for all you're doing.
0: That means a lot to me. And, Jessica, from a parent of three children, I can't thank you enough for writing a book that helps kids be informed consumers of phones while encouraging them to choose habits that support their well being. The phone book is the perfect tool for engaging kids while backing up parents everywhere. And just a big thank you
1: for being on the show today, Jessica. I really appreciate it. Thank you. My pleasure. I love chatting with you.
0: Thank you so much for joining us on this quest for growing readers. Be sure to check out our show notes. You'll find links to order a copy of Jessica Spears' The Phone Book, Stay Safe, Be smart and make the world better with the powerful device in your hand. Jessica invites you to visit her at jessicaspeer.com. If you like this show, remember, you can hear it on Apple Podcasts, Chromecast, Spotify, or anywhere else you enjoy listening. Subscribe to the show to get new episodes as soon as they launch. If you're enjoying our book chats, please leave us a review. And while you're at it, tell a friend to come and have a listen. The Growing Readers Podcast is a production of the Children's Book Review. To discover more fantastic books, just like the phone book, I hope you'll visit us at thechildrensbookreview.com.